Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you, oh Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me, I just want to thank you. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you, oh Lord. Been so good to me, Lord. Been so good to me, Lord. You've been so good to me, I just want to praise you. Amen, amen. God bless you, children of God. We greet each of you in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. Pastors, God bless you. Good to have you all with us today. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide Headquarters in Kenston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. We do greet each of you, those that are worshiping with us now and those that will tune in tune in later, we worship you in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you today, children of God. Uh, the Lord was dealing with me uh, as I was doing my morning exercises as he often does. But he placed something in my spirit uh, for us to examine this morning in regards to money. In regards to money. And we're going to see what the Spirit of God has to say to us today because one thing that is important for us to understand is that being rich is not a sin. Let me say that again. Being rich is, is not a sin. God said, Robert, if being rich was a sin, God says, then I would be the biggest sinner there is. Because God says the cattle on a thousand hills 
belongs to me. God says all the silver, all the gold, all the world's wealth, God says it belongs to him. So it is possible, my brother and my sister, to be rich and not sin. God says I'm rich and I never sin, Robert. My God, my God, what a mighty God we serve. The God that we serve, children of God, he is absolutely rich and absolutely sinless. So I want to encourage you, some of you, I know we have some individuals, um, some right in this ministry, some that worship, that are that are doing very well financially, just because you are rich does not mean you have to sin. That may be may require some work. You know, Jesus told him says hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God, but it can be done. And I want to encourage you, if you know that God has blessed you uh, with material wealth. You need to be extra careful in your spiritual walk. Let me say that again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If if God has blessed you with material wealth, you need to be extra careful in your spiritual walk. Come on, children of God. Let's let's see what the Holy Ghost has for us this morning. I'm already excited. We're going to go down here to Luke chapter 16 with a very special focus on verse 14. Luke chapter 16, special focus on verse 14. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, The Pharisee who were lovers of money, heard all this that Jesus was saying and were scoffing at Jesus. Once again, the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all this that Jesus was saying and were scoffing, scoffing at Jesus. We're going to use as our theme, and we're going to work from our theme today, the love of money. The love of money. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Heavenly Father, because of who you are. We thank you, Heavenly Father, because of what you are doing to us, through us, and for us. We thank you today, Father, because you selected us for times such as these. We know through your word that we are living in the last days, that we are living in perilous times. But Father, 
you have chosen us to be lights shining in this dark generation. Even with our imperfections, even with our sins, even with our, at times, rebellion, Father, you chose us since before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. We give you glory. We join in this morning with the heavenly choir who sings, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, is, and is it to come. We magnify you. We exalt you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that as we pause reverently this morning to hear what your spirit is saying in these last and evil days, that you will open our eyes of understanding. Speak to us, Father. Speak through us. Speak for us. Speak into our hearts and our minds. Father, we are not here for a show. We are not here for a pretense, but we want to hear what your spirit is saying to the church. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in advance, because we know that we're not going to ask our Father for bread and he give us stone, or ask him for fish and he give us a serpent. But we trust that you, Heavenly Father, because you are a good God, when we ask for good gifts, good things, you will bless us with good things. Do these things for us, Father. We will forever give your name glory, forever give your name the honor, and forever give your name the praise. These and all other blessings we ask in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, let the people of God say amen. Praise the living God. The love of money. As we look at our select scriptures this morning, we see Jesus teaching as he normally did. He touched on so many important topics of his day, all with the hope of getting men and women of his generation and succeeding generations to see the truth. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? God is doing what he is doing because he loves you and he loves me. And he wants you and me to see the truth. This is why God is speaking through his prophets. He's speaking through his apostles. 
He's speaking through his evangelists, his pastors, his teachers, his bishops, his elders, his overseers. God is doing what he is doing so that you and me might see. Now, if we live this life and end up not seeing, God forbid, but if we live this life and end up not seeing, it will be nobody's fault but our own. As God is speaking constantly, God says, I'm speaking constantly, Robert. God says, I'm speaking continuously, trying to get men and women to come to a knowledge of the truth. You say, Apostle, why are you here like this all every day? Every time we turn around, you on Facebook, you on talk show, you on that. Because just as God wants us to come to a knowledge of the truth, it is my desire as well that men and women will come to a knowledge of the truth. Listen, for a God who send people to hell every day, and you guys ask God in his prayer, I'm like, Lord, God said, Robert, I'm sending people to hell every day. I'm bringing some people to heaven every day, but God says I'm sending people to hell every day. Day. For a God who's sending people to hell every day, he doesn't want to. God said, I don't want to. It's, it's not my desire that any should perish. It's not my desire for any of my creation to have to be sent to hell. God says, I know how terrible hell is, Robert. God says, I made it. And God says, I, I don't desire that any of my creation be sent there. But if men and women refuse to listen, if men and women refuse to believe, if men and women refuse to hear my words, God says I'm left with no other choice. May hell not be your portion under the sound of my voice. I don't know where you're hearing me, what country, what nation, what time you hear. May it not be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, God says we shall be saved. Well, children of God, that's just the beginning. Because each one of us, that's the beginning of salvation. Because each one of us must decide how far or how deep or how intense we want to go in salvation. See, um, and the Lord says, Robert, use the parable of the sports team. You know, many, you know, many of the saints around the world know me as Apostle Brian. That's what they met me as. That's what they they got to see. But many of the people here in my country, my brothers and my sisters uh, outside of the United States, many of the people here in the United States knew me as an athlete, as a coach, as a sports figure. So uh, God often deals with me right today with 
sporting events with with parables and analogies regarding sporting events. And he's giving me one now that he gave me some time ago in regards to playing the game of basketball. Now, as a basketball player, for most of my life, I have been cut from teams. I have made teams but sat on the bench. I have made teams but got playing time, but I was not the star. And I have been on teams where I have been one of the stars. All of those positions I have occupied. I've been cut from teams, have made teams, sat on the bench, made teams and played, but didn't wasn't the star and made teams, and have been uh, the star. Well, this is much how life is. You know, being cut from the team. You know, as a young man, I have tried out for teams and got cut. In essence, coaches say, I can't use you. You know, we, we, not, we can't, we don't want you. We can't use you. That's much like unsaved, being unsaved, you know, because in essence, what God has to do with individuals that are unsaved, if they die or if they end up in this state, then in essence, God has to say for eternity, I can't use you. I can't use you. You know, go go away from me. You know. I've made teams, but I've sat on the bench. Well, you know, there are some Christians that, that, that don't choose to go that deep in their Christianity. They're satisfied with going to church maybe one day out of the week, little study, little, little, that, that's, some, that's the lot that some have decided. I've been on teams where, you know, I've I've gotten a lot of playing time, but I wasn't a star. Well, this is symbolic of men and women who are doing a lot in their walk with God, but they're not fully doing what God wants them to do. You know, maybe God wants them. Uh, to be doing something more intensely and they're just not doing it at that level right now. But then, children of God, I've been on teams where I have been one of the star players. You know, where basically much of the attention was on me. You know, other teams were trying hard to stop me. Well, Children of God, this is symbolic in our Christian walk of us being found right in the center of God's will. My prayer for you is that you will be found right in the center of God's will, doing exactly what God wants you to do, doing it exactly 
where God wants you to go. Not that we'll be perfect. No, no, none of us are. But there are some individuals, you know, and the Lord says deal with this a little bit. Basically, the difference between maturity and immaturity in Christ is the level of obedience that we operate in. Mature saints, for the most part, walking in obedience to God. Immature saints are spending a lot of time not obeying God. In other words, a mature saint may receive uh, 10 instructions from God during the day and obey in eight of them. An immature saint may receive 10 instructions from God during the day and only obey in two of them. So what you're talking about when you're talking about maturity and immaturity in the things of God, you're talking about frequency. You know, mature saints understand that obedience to God is the best way. That if we want to walk in the blessings of God, if we want to get to the next level with God, if we want to receive more truth from God, if we want to receive more revelation from God, all of these things hinge on our obedience to God. So, uh, uh, you know, not again, not that mature saints are perfect. Now, the Bible says if any man claims he has no sin, he deceives himself and the truth is not in him. But mature saints understand that obedience they, mature saints try very, very hard to obey. And God says, hey, ask them, ask them, give them a parable of children. What's the difference between what we might call a good son or a good daughter and what we might call a bad son or a bad daughter? Basically, the good son or the good daughter does what the parents or the adults or the teachers say. And the bad son or the bad daughter does not. He does a lot of what he wants to do. The bad son or the bad daughter. Well, one son is is trying to listen and the other son, the bad son, is not trying to listen. That in essence is what we are as children of God. As children of God, we are trying to listen to God. If you want to be a good son or a good daughter of God, you must listen to God. If you want to go to heaven, you must listen to God. Now, now God said, you know, Lord has given me so many examples this morning. Lord, to give him the example of the thief that were hanging on the cross right beside Jesus. Now, when Jesus was hung on the cross, there were two thieves that were hanging right beside him, one on his right, one on his left. And these two thieves, children of God, are symbolic of humanity. One thief represents one half of you or one portion of humanity. The other thief represents another portion of humanity. And you and me are represented by one of these two thieves. And I hope 
It was a thief on the right. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, the thief on his left began to hurl insults at Jesus. Hanging on the cross, dying. He didn't even, he was dying, but hurling insults at the Lord. You know, if you, the Lord, come down off this cross and save yourself and save us too. You know, he hurled insults at the Lord. But the other thief on his right, he rebuked the thief on Jesus' left. So don't you fear God. We are getting what our deeds deserve. Don't don't you say don't you even fear God? Here you are dying. And you talking this kind of nonsense. Hit dying. We're gonna die today or very soon. And you talking this kind of nonsense. Is it don't you fear God? We are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he turned to Jesus. My prayer for you, under the sound of my voice. Some of you have been spending a lot of time talking with your friends, spending a lot of time talking with your, your family, spending a lot of time talking with this one. But the Bible says this thief turned to Jesus. I pray that you turn to Jesus. In this life. See, that you turn to Listen to me. Your, your relationship with Jesus will be the most important relationship in this life. It'll be more important than your wife, than your husband. It'll be more important than your children, than your parents. It'll be more important than your brothers or your sister. Because it is Jesus who will save, who will be able to save your eternal soul. Listen to me. You will never cease to exist. I know we get old. We start making preparations for dying and the different things. But that's just in this life. Because when we close our eyes in this life, we will open our eyes in another life. May you open your eyes in the presence of the Lord. May you, when you close your eyes in this life, may you open them. And Jesus be there. I, my, my desire is not for you to open them and there be utter darkness. You wondering what's happening. What is going on? Where am I at? And people hollering and screaming. Intense fires. That is, see, 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 you wonder. Some of you all wonder. Apostle, apostle or some of my former students in here. Coach, why are you preaching and teaching like this? Because I don't want anybody to go to hell any more than God does. But you got to believe God. God said, there's nothing I can do with you if you don't believe. If you don't believe, God said, I give you my prophets. I give you my apostles. I give, if you won't believe me, if you won't believe, I give you my word. God has fixed it up so his word is right here with us. We can go down to the, to the local store and buy a Bible for, for $5. The Gideons are giving Bibles away for free. God's word, or that that can save your eternal soul, God has fixed it up where you can get it for a little nothing. God does not desire to send any of us to hell, but God says, I will, if you all won't listen to me. My prayer for you, my brother and my sister. That's why I'm here every day. That, that's why you wonder, well, Apostle, why are you preaching and teaching like this? 
because I don't want you to go to hell. My brother or my sister. And not only do I not want you to go to hell, which God don't, I want to see you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, just like I want for me. I want to see you pastor with your ministry as as sound as it can be. I want to see you housewife or young ladies married. I want to see you as the best wife that you can be, as as the best deacon that you can be. Whatever you are, I want to see you as the best. Now, I got one of my former athletes in here. I see her name. I'm happy. I saw her at the doctor's office the other day and told her, said, said, you come on and join join uh, uh, the broadcast. We we broadcast and preaching God's word every day, and it's, um, praise God she's here. But she was one of my athletes on a very successful track team that we had years ago. And my the same way my desire for my athletes, you know, because they think this team had gone uh, four years, and they had only lost one one track meet. They went they went four years and just lost one. I think they were ninety nine and one. My desire for my athletes as a coach was be the best athlete you can be. My basketball players, my my football players, my track athletes, be the best. Let's be the best right here. Well, and so it shouldn't be strange that as Christians, as as a Christian, the desire is still, let's be the best. God wants you and I to be the best. God does not want us to be sorry nothing or sorry at nothing. He does not want us to be sorry fathers. He does not want us to be sorry mothers. He does not want us to be sorry uh, uh, sons, sorry daughters, or, or sorry pastors, or sorry congregation members. God wants us to be some of the best. My prayer for you, brother and sister, is that you will be the best. Bible says whatsoever you do, do it wholeheartedly as if unto the Lord. Praise the living God. All right, saints. We gotta we gotta get on down into this. So we see Jesus dealing with so so many issues. But he came down here and I'm just gonna kick off from verse ten. That's where the spirit is is dealing with me. Jesus said something here. He said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. You say, Apostle, what is this all about? It's not what you have that determines how you are, but rather it's your character. See, in other words, an honest person, whether they have little or whether they have much, they're going to be honest because honest is who they are. But a liar, a thief, you know, if you see, if if somebody will steal a little from you, rest assured, they will steal a lot from you. So so God is saying to us, in, in other words, 
don't be so concerned with what you are, what you have, but be more concerned with how you are. Let me say that again. Don't be so concerned with what you have. Be more concerned with what you are. In other words, uh, whether you have little or whether you have much, it's your character that God is concerned with. It's your character. Some people I know have plenty. I got friends that are millionaires. And I also got friends that, that have little or nothing. Well, it's the character. It's the character. That's what you and me want to be concerned with, my brother and my sister. Work on your character. Work on your character. You know, I, I remember once, and Lord is kind of dealing with me, one, one friend of mine that's a millionaire, years ago, uh, I used to have to pay. I, I was had a few jobs. I had a God had blessed me with a, a few positions and a few things extra. And I used to have to pay back three about three thousand U.S. dollars every year in taxes. That I just about every year I had to pay back. That was I had to I, I would keep money in the bank because I knew when it came tax time, because of the money that I was making, I was going to have to pay back. About $3,000. And I was talking with this friend of mine, white brother, millionaire in the area, and he found out. And he told me, I remember he said to me, you know, in essence, that's ridiculous. He said, I got a lot more things going than you. And he said, I don't pay back that kind of money. And he gave me, his family was one of the richest families here in town. He gave me the number of his family's personal accountant. And I went in to see him, and uh, he he took all my information, received all my documents, and he told me, he said, Mr. Bryant, that'll be about $2,600. And I remember saying to him, all right, well, that's better than paying back $3,000. You know, at least you saved me $400. He looked at me and said, Mr. Bryant, you don't understand. He said, you will be getting back $2,600. And the children of God, I jumped up in his office and started dancing right in his office. I know I know he was thinking, what is wrong with it? I jumped right up and started dancing. He took me, this accountant took me from paying back approximately $3,000 every year to getting back approximately $3,000 every year. You say, Apostle, why Why is that important? What is the significance there? That's a parable, my brothers and my sisters. What this accountant did was because he had a knowledge of some things that I did not have knowledge of in regards to the laws and in regards to the tax laws and how you could do and he was able to uh, get a great blessing whereas I was having to get a blessing the word of God says it like this in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 God says my people perished 
for a lack of knowledge. Because well, I didn't have the knowledge that he had, I was paying the government back 3000 That's about $3,000 every year. But because he had knowledge, he was able to get me back $3,000. My prayer for you. You say, Apostle, well, what does this mean? What, see, this is why you got to be around wise people. The Bible says he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Just by that one change in my life, being around that one individual, my finances went from paying back $3,000 to getting back $3,000. Being around the wise. I want to encourage you, child of God, under the sound of my voice, be around wise people. Be around wise men and women of God so that that wisdom will rub off on you. Say, the same blessings that my friend and his millionaire family was walking in. After I started hanging around with them, I was able to start walking in them too. My prayer for you, child of God, is that you will walk in the blessings of God. The difference between a a, 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 a beautiful and a sweet life and a and a very, very difficult, very, very uh, tumultuous life, oftentimes it's your revelation. It's a level of revelation. It's the level of wisdom in operation in your life. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, if the Lord come for us to have an abundant life, or to have life and have it more abundantly, and we're not having life and we're not having it abundantly, it's something we're not doing. Because the Lord said, that's what I come for. Now, and God said, if you will listen to me, if you will listen to my apostles, if you will listen to my prophets, if you will listen to my spokesmen and spokeswomen, you too can have an abundant life. My prayer for you. Every one of you, I see many of you all in here with me today. And I, my prayer, my heartfelt, sincere prayer for every one of you is that you will have an abundant life, that you will walk in abundance. Listen, God wants to bless us in the overflow. Now, if you can't identify in your life some area that God is blessing you in the overflow, then something, something is wrong. When Jesus called his disciples, these men had been out fishing all night. Hadn't caught anything. Jesus said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat. When they did that, when they followed that instruction, they caught so many fish that their nets, Begin to break. They had to single. They had to signal other partners from other boats to come and help them. And what happened? God blessed them in the overflow. God wants to bless you and me in the overflow. But God said, "You, you got to listen to me." You got. God said, "Look, my word is blessed. If you hear my word, if you do my word, if you apply my word, you too will be blessed." But if you choose to stay away from my word, you are choosing to stay away 
from your own blessings. May that not be your case in the mighty name of Jesus. People say, Apostle, why are you always in the word of God? Why you Because the word is blessed, and I want blessings. I don't want curses. Some of you all done had enough curses in your life, curses in your marriage, curses in your family, curses in your finances. Some of you have curses, curses, curses. God, God has blessings for us, and in his word, he will show us and teach us and reveal to us how to walk in blessings. My prayer for you, that you will walk in the blessings of God. Jesus said your character now. You can be trusted with little, you can be trusted with much. If you're dishonest with little, you'll be dishonest with much. Jesus says it's character. It's character. So if you then have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Watch this now. If we can't be trusted with worldly wealth, which cannot be compared with spiritual wealth. We can't even be trusted with worldly wealth. Who could Jesus say, who's going to trust you with true true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who would give you property of their own? Now, and the Lord is flashing in my spirit. Uh, A pastor friend of mine in Ibadan, Nigeria, now, let me look at that scripture again. I'm going to read that scripture again to you, and I'm going to share with you what the Lord is reminding me of. Scripture says, if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Now, this pastor, this was a friend of mine in body in Nigeria. He was a pastor of, uh, I think it was Assemblies of God Church, that was right across the street from the family that I was staying with at this time. Probably maybe about 10, 15 years ago. I was staying with a family in Ibadan, Nigeria. Big, big city in Nigeria. And I remember, you know, going in, the the family had opened their home to me, said, Apostle, you can stay with, with us. Basically, anytime you come to Nigeria, you know, we'll feed you and take care of you. You can stay right here. Don't have to worry about any hotel. And I was like, you know, I thank you all. I appreciate you all. God God is going to, I appreciate you all. God is going to bless you. But when I went to the the home to stay with them, the walls were very dirty, dull, or dull. There were places in the wall that were had holes down them, things that I knew could be fixed and it wouldn't be very expensive. So I told the owners of the home, I said, I need two good workers. I need two that are ready to work. And I said, I need a big bucket of paint, a couple of paint brushes. I said, we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to change things around here. So I got my workers, two young people, hard workers. We were ready. And we went throughout the house, fixing holes in wall. I was putting uh, uh, filler in the hole, in the holes, painting over the walls, painting, painting. We were taking out stuff, and it looked like a brand 
new place. I mean, pretty blue paint, and we painted the walls and 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 spruced that place place up so beautifully. And I remember the pastor came over to the house while we were working about to finish up, and he was like, "Apostle, it looks like a new place." I said, "Yes, man of God." I said, uh, "You know, a lot of times we are crying for God." to give us something new. And we have not even taken care of what he has already given us. I said, if you want God to bless you with something better, start taking care of better what he has already given you. He said, Apostle, I said, yes, take care of what God has already given you. And and then watch and see, won't God bless you with some more? We show God we appreciate what he has already given us by taking care of what he has already given us. He said, Apostle, I said, yes, man of God. He said, I hear you, man of God. I hear you, man of God. The very next day, we came home, and he had many of the church workers out. He had the church workers out. They painted the whole outside of the church. His church was right across the street, painted it. Took it, swept, cleaned up. It looked so, so beautiful. He said, man of God, I heard you. I heard you. I said, God bless you, man of God. And my prayer for you under the sound of my voice, take care of what God has already given you. We show God that we appreciate him and we appreciate what he has blessed us with. By taking care of, don't. I told one of the saints, uh, some of the saints yesterday, don't complain about the blessings that God has not given you. Thank God and appreciate the blessings that He has given you. Are you all hearing me? I don't know if we broadcast. I don't know if this, if everything's working. Don't, don't, don't. You know, complain and see some of us complaining about this. We don't have that. We don't have it. Have you taken care of what God has given you? Have you done the best with what God has given you? Let us take care of what God has already given us. Instead of crying all the time, God, give us this. God, give us that. God, give us the other. God said, how about you taking care of what I already give you? We crying out for a new car. God says, you won't even clean up the, the old car I've given you. We crying out for a new house. God said, you won't even clean up the, the old house I've given you. Take care of what God has blessed you with. Whether it's little, remember, we just went over the scriptures, talking about little or much. Take care of it. Take care of it. Because, see, if you don't take, if you won't take care of what God has given you, then what, what use is God giving you something more for you not to take care of that too? Then that, that's, a, that's a reflection of your character. Your character is just in not taking care of stuff. You won't take care of that right there. If you got a son or a daughter and they won't ride a bicycle like they have some sense, why would you give them the keys to a car? 
what sense is that? They won't even ride a bicycle. He, you got a son that he riding a bicycle, right? Crazy. He won't follow instructions, won't stop for stops on a bicycle. Why would you give him a car? And you already know his character. But if you have a son that is showing you on their bicycle, they are following the rules and regulations of the of the land, and they are riding at a acceptable speed, and and, and doing it. Then you then you would figure that he would do the same with if you blessed him with a car. And see, this is one of the reasons why some of us don't. God can't bless some of us. He can't bless some of us with a new car. He can't bless some of us with a new house. He can't bless some of us with new clothes. God said, I see how he took care of the old stuff. Encourage you, child of God. Take care of whatever it is that God bless you with. Praise the living God. Take take care of it. Take care of it. Take care of that house you got right now. Take care of, of those clothes you got right now. Take care. You know, you as a pastor, you can't have pre you you only got a small congregation, you only got four or five people in the church. You you don't want to preach. You don't want to see see that's that's your real character. But get you in front of a thousand people or get you in front of five thousand people. Now we got now we got something different. If 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 you learn how to take care of whatever God has given you. Apostle Paul said something very profound. Lord is bringing this to my spirit now. Apostle Paul said, I've learned the secret of being content, whatever state I find myself. Paul said, whether I'm well-fed or whether I'm hungry. And what Paul came to understand is that he can do all things through Jesus Christ which strengthened him. And I want to encourage you, child of God, you can do all things. We can do all things through Jesus Christ, which strengthened us. Now, the adversary knows this too. He knows that we can do all things through Jesus Christ, which strengthens us, or through the word, the manifested word. Who was Jesus? He was the manifested word. So what is the adversary working on trying to do in your life and my life? He's trying to keep you and I away from the manifested word. We've got to push. we got to fight. we got to struggle. we got to do what we got to do to get to the manifested word. We want the word to manifest itself in our lives. That's what we want as children of God. We want God's word to manifest. All right, children of God, let's go on down here. Let's see what we've got. Look at verse 11, Luke 16 and 11. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy in handling someone else's property. Now, um, some people were looking at that apartment that I was sharing with you all earlier because it was an apartment family was staying in and we were fixing the walls and painting over things. Some people were saying, why, why are you taking care of this and fixing this place 
and it's not yours. I said, don't you don't you know what the word of God says? That if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Verse 12. So understand that a lot of times, too, we can't get blessed because we don't want to take care of somebody else's stuff. No, oh, that's that's an apartment. But I'm, I'm we renting this place. What? Listen, if I don't care if I'm renting, I don't care if I'm living in somebody else's house. I want to take care of it very well. Why? Because I got our own houses here in the U.S. and I want people to take care of my property. You know, I I, I have an apartment in. I used to have an apartment in Isolo, a place called Isolo in Lagos, Nigeria. And when I first went in there, the place was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Walls broken all up. Uh, uh, no light. It, it was t- even, even Nigerians. My Nigerian friends were like apostles. I don't know about this place. I said, wait till I finish with it. Wait till, wait till God, God give me, give me the strength to finish with. Just wait. They were like apostles. This place is ah, it's not good. I mean, the place was tore all to pieces. A lady had been living in there before me, and she didn't really. I, they, they gave it to me at a nice, nice price. They said, "Apostle, ah, Apostle, it's not good. It's not good." I said, "Wait till I finish. Wait till, wait till I finish with what the Lord has." Has given me to do, and we went in there, fixed well, again, fixing walls, holes in walls, uh, uh, leveling out floors, painting over, smoothing out, uh, putting new curtains up, and and when the place got finished, I remember parents of my neighbors would have to come and get their children from just standing. Because my children would come and just stand in my doorway and just look in my room. And parents would have to tell, hey, get away from that. Get out of there. Leave a leave parcel alone. Leave. This was somebody else's property. Out Outside, there was no cement. It was, it was holes all in. We came through, poured cement down, smoothed it out real nice so people could walk. People said, parcel, why are you doing all of this? I said, look, if I'm a blessing. Baba, which will we call father, because there was an older man at the time who was owning the property. And I said, if, if I'm going to be a blessing, if I be a blessing to him and his property, God will send somebody that will be a blessing to me and my property. Listen to me, my brother and my sister. You know, God has fixed this world up so that what you and I so, so shall we reap. Now, keep being selfish. Keep being stingy. Don't be surprised if you keep running into selfish and keep running into stingy people. But be generous. Be generous. Be helpful. Be consistent and see if God won't fix it up so that you run into people that are just about like you. In the scripture, and God is, is, is bringing this to me now. Uh, Jacob, name means supplanter, deceiver, trickster. Oh, he cheated his brother out of his, his birthright, you know, did all kind of things, tricking people. God sent right straight to Laban, his uncle. 
who had him work seven years. He thought he was getting one daughter. He laid and slipped in the other daughter, had to work another seven years. Working up in working 14 years. God will fix it up so that you will run into people that are like you. God, let me say that again, because that, that I feel it as blessing somebody in the spirit. He will fix it up so that you will run and I will run into people who are just about like us. So, you know, if 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 you want to run into people that you will like being around, fashion yourself so you like being around you. Fashion yourself so that you like your character, so that when you see that same character manifested in somebody else, you'll like that too. Jesus said, verse 13, we're going, we're going to close this message. We're going to close this message. Maybe we'll, we'll kick off here and finish up later on tonight, the Lord willing. But Jesus said, look, no one can serve two masters. Now, I shared with you all a couple of days ago, I said, you know, there's two types of anything in this life. There's always two types. There's two types of men, ladies. There's men that love God, and then there's men that don't. Some of you all keep right on trying to figure out what's going on, what's going on, and you're running around with men that don't love God. There ain't but two types of men, men that love God, men that don't. Men, there ain't but two types of ladies. There's women that love God, and there's women that don't. There's two types of, 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 of anything in life. There's two types. True or it's false. It's right or it's wrong. It's good or it's bad. Jesus said you can't serve both. Now, you can't serve two masters. Even though there's two types in this life. There's two types of doctrine out there. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you've been listening to that false doctrine. They were two types of doctrine. There's false doctrine and then there's sound doctrine. When you hear me say in the beginning of this broadcast on a daily basis, Christian Center Church broadcast where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people. Some of you all under the sound of my voice right now, the reason why you're tuning in and been tuning in is because you know that you were hearing sound doctrine. You ain't got to tell me. God done already told me. Some of us have been listening to fake, false doctrine for so long. And that's why some of you have been discouraged with church. Some of you have been discouraged with, with religion. Some of you, be, you, why? Because some of you, your soul is crying out, for sound doctrine. There's, they, listen, you, you're not going to be tuning into this broadcast here every day if you don't desire sound doctrine. And the Bible says in the last days, men would not endure sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they would gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. I know you, you, you ain't trying to just 
have your ears tickled, not tuning into this broadcast. You tuning in here, I know why you're tuning in here, because you want to hear some sound doctrine. You want to hear what the word of God is really saying, not some nonsense that men have have concocted so that they can get your money. So that's why a whole lot of a whole lot of this false doctrine and, and nonsense is being preached and taught. Us jokers trying to want to get your money. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. Now, all of this Jesus was saying to get to get right down here to this last little bit. Jesus, look, let me let me go and break it down. You know, let me go and make it plain. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus says it can't be done. Now, he didn't say you can't have both God and money. Oh, oh, see, see, some of us think, and some of us mistakenly think that Jesus said you can't have both God and money. That ain't what he said. He said you cannot serve both God and money. Because the truth of the matter, my brother and my sister, serving God will bring you money. You don't have to trick nobody. You don't have to tell no lies because the Bible says prosperity is the reward of the righteous. You ain't got to twist no scripture. You ain't got to try. Uh-uh. By telling God's people the truth, God will see to it that your needs are met according to his riches that are in Christ Jesus. See, some of us today, uh, just like the Pharisees was thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago, the Pharisees they couldn't hear what Jesus was talking about because they felt like the word had to be twisted. You had to tell lies. You had to be slick. You had to play all kind of games to get people money out of them. Jesus said, uh-uh. Mm-mm. You can't serve God and money. You can't do it. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other or you're going to be you're going to cling to one and you're going you cannot serve God and money. Now, didn't say you cannot have both God and money. Because you can have God and money. Just like God. God has God. Or God has righteousness. And he has money. So God has given us an example to follow. You know, God's doctrine is perfect and God is the richest being that there has ever been Mm -mm. his doctrine is perfect and yet he's the richest being that has ever existed so God has shown us through example that our doctrine can be sound. We don't have to be pressuring people and telling lies to people and twisting scripture and twisting up the word, trying to get money out of people. We don't have to do that. God don't, so we don't. God said, I'm hearing God right now. God said, Robert, you take care of my people. You take care of my sheep, my lambs. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, and I'm going to see to it that you're taken care of. God said, you do that, and I'm going to make sure 
that you are taking care of. People be wondering, oh, Apostle, how you be traveling all over the world and doing all this kind of thing without without having such a that larger congregation? I said, God, <laughs> God will take the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise. I got friends of mine, pastors with a whole lot bigger churches than what God has blessed me with. Can't don't travel one quarter of what God has allowed me to to travel. God said, I'll take the foolish thing of the earth, Robert, and I'll confound the wise. I mean, we had one sister came down some time ago. She was worshiping with us. I said, she doesn't attend here regularly. I said, sister, I said, what are they saying about us out there? She said, pastor, everybody wondering, how is y'all making it? How is y'all making it? See, God will be doing stuff to have people wondering, how? How are they doing it? How are they able to do that? I had one friend of mine send me one time, but how are you able to go into all these places and all these countries? God. God. I want to encourage you, child of God. As we uh, diligently seek to do the things that are pleasing in this life. Now, again, none of us are perfect. God will begin to use you child of God, to amaze those around you. God like doing that. God like that kind of stuff. God like that kind of stuff. That's why every now and then he had Jesus Jesus be working, doing a miracle, or he had the apostles. Every now and then it'd be, because God liked to do that kind of stuff. Because he likes to let men and women know that he is God. And besides him, there is none other. You know, I, I think about so many things. You see, um, all right, all right. Lord is telling me not to go into that right now. So let's get ready to close, children of God. Our time is our time is up. So you can't. So keep this in mind, my brother and my sister. We can't serve two masters. Love one. Hate the other, or will be devoted to one, and will despise the other. And see, this this is why it's dangerous to be a minister of the gospel and to love money. Because what will happen is you become you become blinded by the one that you have chosen to serve. If you have chosen to serve God, you become blinded by God in a sense. Now, now hear this with spiritual ears. In the sense that you'll be following God with tunnel vision. You'll be following his word with tunnel vision. You, you, the only thing you'll be looking at is what did God say? What did God say? Not that we always listen. You know, none of us do. But that's what, that'll be your desire. But when you love money, then you become tunnel vision in regards to money. You'll be the only thing you'll be thinking. You won't even see God's people as sheep. They need to be cared for and need to be uh, edified and need to be uh, taken care of. You'll see them as dollar signs. How can I get money out of these jokers? How can I put together a program so we can get more money? How can I do this, do that, do it to get more money? So whichever one you choose, whichever one you uh, choose to love, the other one you're going to choose to hate. If you choose to love God, you know, 
You're gonna be you're gonna hate sin. You're gonna you're gonna hate wickedness. You're gonna hate lies. If you choose to love sin and wickedness and lies and deceit, you're gonna choose to 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 hate God. You choose to hate. You'll be hating God. You won't even won't even know it. Now look at verse fourteen, and I'm gonna close because my time is just about up here. It says the Pharisees who loved money. Now this this was their problem, and this was one of the main reasons why they had a problem with Jesus, because they love money. When you have individuals that love money, what they ain't trying to hear the word of God. That the word of God don't, don't mean nothing to them. They they ain't trying to hear that. Now they might take something that that sound about like it or that's close to it, but they ain't trying to hear what God actually said because they love money. To the Pharisees who love money, they heard all this, all this what Jesus was talking about, all Jesus was getting at about you know uh, <laughs> the Pharisees. The Pharisees were like, uh, oh, no, we ain't, uh, uh-uh. uh. Mm-mm. No, we ain't trying to get with that. They heard all this, and the Bible says they were sneering at Jesus. They were like, no, 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 no. See, when you love money, the word of God has no place in your heart. That's why some people can't endure sound doctrine. They can't endure the word of God because the only thing they're thinking about is how to get some money. And if you happen to be a part of their congregation, how can they get more money out of you? That's why some people, they can't endure sound doctrine. You can't love money and endure sound doctrine because that is going to become boring to you. Sound doctrine will become very, very boring to you when you love money. Sound doctrine, you'll be going to sleep on sound doctrine when you love money. So my 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 charge to you, my brother and my sister, love God. Love God. Don't love money. Don't love mammon. Don't love material possessions. Love God. The Bible says the Pharisees love money. So they weren't trying to hear all this sound doctrine Jesus was preaching. When you love money, you can't you can't even stand too much sound doctrine. You'd be ready to go do something and get into something else. Well, and here's the thing. Because, you know, I I'm not gonna stay around unsound doctrine. I'm not going to do it. I don't have to. You know, 53 years old, I don't have to listen to that nonsense. When I got a Bible right here, I don't have to. And and God got Bible, God got preachers who are preaching and teaching sound doctrine. I don't have to stay up on the sound doctrine, unsound doctrine. I don't have to. I'm not going to. See, what you need to understand is that if you are up under unsound doctrine and you stay up under it, God is holding you accountable because you chose to. Just like, you know, and I'm going to deal with this. You know, I don't have a lot of sympathy for men or women that uh, are in bad relationships. You know, men that maybe, you know, got a girlfriend that's real bad or or even, even a wife that's doing a lot of bad stuff or, or a woman who got a bad husband, won't treat her right. I ain't got a whole lot of sympathy for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You say, Apostle, how are you going to say that? You? Because you picked them. 
You picked them. You picked that husband. You picked that wife. You the one said I do. You picked that girlfriend. You picked that boy. Got a whole lot of sympathy for you. That man, you know. No. If we want better things out of life, we've got to choose better things. If we want better people in our life, we got to choose. I don't have a whole lot of sympathy. I remember once I had one of my former former basketball players here that was staying here with us at the church. He contacted me, you know, some... You know, they was trying, some drug boys were trying to kill him. And, you know, he was at a hotel, had all this stuff in a plastic bag. And he was talking about, I said, well, man, look, called me on the phone, talking about Coach B, you know, what he, I said, man, nobody's trying to hear that. As long as you keep running with this, these kind of characters, then this is what you get, you know. Then this is what you get. You, you don't want to choose this. This lifestyle, I don't have a lot of sympathy for you. If you want to change what's happening in your life, change your lifestyle. Change the people that you're around. Change the things, the activities that you change. He said, all right, coach, all right, coach. Come get me. Come get me. Got him out of there. Went, picked him up, clothes all in a plastic bag. Brought him right here to the church. He did pretty well for a while. But then, slipped right back. Slip right back to the wrong people, to the wrong activities, to the wrong crowd. My prayer and my encouragement for you, children of God, is that you will choose the best. Choose the best people to be hanging around with. Choose the best crowd. Choose the best activity. In life, there's always the better choice and the worst choice. There's always the better people. And the worst people. Now, if you keep right steady going to the worst, don't surprise if you don't get the worst. But if you choose what is better, God will bless you. God will bless you. Jesus, in essence, told the Pharisees here, you got to choose. Loving God is better than loving money. But when they heard this kind of talk, they sneered at Jesus. In other words, they were saying, no, we we choose loving money. We ain't trying to hear what you're talking about, Jesus, because we choose loving money over loving God. Then I'm hearing Jesus in the spirit. And don't be, don't be surprised when that when that cave in on you, when that falls apart. You the one chose what is you the one chose that. He said to them, He said, You the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. But God knows your heart. Listen, you can talk all day. God knows people's hearts. See, and if we know the word of God, we too can know people's hearts. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of a man's heart, his mouth, out of the abundance of a man's mouth, heart, his mouth speaks. If we know the word of God, all we got to do is listen to people. Find out what's in their heart. Just listen. You all want to find out what's in my heart. You tuning in every day and listening. Y'all listening. You know? Yeah, some of you all out there saying, look, we know Apostle Brian ain't perfect, but, but God got to be in his heart because God always pouring out of his mouth. Yeah. A lot of the time. A lot of the time. So I pray 
for you, my brother and my sister, that you would get God down deep in the heart, that he may begin to flow up out of our mouths. Look at what the Bible says. Jesus said, what is highly valued, what people highly value, is detestable in God's sight. Now, what do people highly value? We like money. It's detestable in God's sight. What do we like? We, there are certain things that we as human beings like. The Bible says it's detestable in God's sight. Not that God won't give us some of these things. But what God wants us to understand is don't let that become more important than the other. Don't let, you know, money is highly valued in men's sight, but it's detestable in God's sight. Well, God is not saying, you know, that he won't give us money. But what he is saying is let our love for God be greater than our desire for money. Let our love for righteousness be greater than that. Let let our love for God and for the things of God be greater than the love for material things, whatever those material things may be. God bless you, Pastor Sammy. Pastor Sammy in Ghana typed out, that's deep, Grandpa, that's deep. <laughs> we, we bless God. We bless God. We pray, children of God, that uh, God's word has been a blessing to you all today. Um, we are here because of you. This broadcast is on the airways because of you, because God loves you and he wants you and I to hear his word and he's sharing it with us that we might be blessed. And I pray that something has been said, edify, to strengthen, to encourage, uh, and I even pray, but the Lord said in my spirit, he said, Robert, they have. Don't worry, they have. But I was getting ready to pray that blind eyes have been opened in the mighty name of Jesus, that as God's word goes forth, God says it's, it's working in the unseen realm, Robert. As my word is going forth, Homes are being restored. As my word is going forth, lives are being restored. God says, Robert, my word is doing a lot more than what you can see. I'm like, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, children of God, our time is is up. Uh, once again, we pray that uh, the Lord has blessed you real good. You know, there are two things, basically, that God wants out of humanity. 
And I'm just going to close out on this. If we're not saved, God wants us to get saved. If you under the sound of my voice and have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. If we're not saved, God wants us saved. And if we are saved, God wants us to grow. Those are the two things God wants, basically, basically, he wants out of all of us. Not saved, get saved. Are saved, grow. And my prayer for you, child of God, is that that has been your portion today in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. God bless you, my beautiful brothers and sisters. Lord willing, we'll see you uh, later on this evening. We'll be going a little further into the love of money. We hope to see you there. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, We'll be starting evening broadcast. God bless you. Signing out.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.